Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda Yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Welcome everyone. Namaste. All right. Wow. Okay. So here we are. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, great to see everyone. I'm actually here at Shoshone. I'm in the Mandir at the where uh, all the new artwork is from Karma Funtsock and Faith. A lot of amazing work happening up here. Uh, we are teaching a yoga upper level yoga training. Um, on sequencing, it's not too late to join um, in person at Shoshone, and so uh, just sort of keeping everything rolling. Arati is presenting uh, this tonight, and uh, she is at Konalani, holding it down with the rest of the crew. Um, there was actually a lot of people here for the art retreat tonight, and uh, and for the, the the yoga training, and so Shoshone decided to put on um, sort of some music in the temple. Uh, and so I'm solo here in the Mandir. Um, and so that's sort of why the setting is, is different on so many levels. Um, but thank you all for being here. Um, shout out, uh, Sangeeta, welcome. It's good to see you. Um, I think I saw a message from you. Looking forward to watching that later. And then Colin, excellent. Way to go, man. Uh, that closet door won't stay closed and it's okay, Colin. Um, awesome. So, we have a wonderful program tonight. It's a teaching moments program, RRT, uh, who is doing work study at Shoshone right now and who's been in the Sangha for, I don't know, what RRT, 10 years, eight years, something like that, eight to 10 years. Yeah, she's done her yoga teacher training uh, with us, upper level trainings, meditation training, um, lived at the ashram, lived at Shoshone, uh, and is, is currently residing at Konalani. For a little while and uh, we'll, we'll see where she goes next but um, tonight she's gonna kick us off with um, a presentation that she's been working on on the concept of refuge I'm really excited about it I've loved working with her on it so I'm gonna hand the screen over to RT and uh, and then let her take it from here and then I'll come back in later and sort of chime in and, and, and work with the topic with you all for a little bit Hey, hi everyone. Um, talking about my practice is definitely not something I'm familiar with. So um, I, I feel like I'm still learning and understanding and trying to feel, you know, what it means to have a spiritual practice. Um, the the uh, talks during the intensive from some of the Sangha members really inspired me and I could really relate to their experiences. So um, I, I'm gonna do my best. And, um, you know, some of their experiences um, about what they've gone through are were very uh, relative and also um, how they use their practice during rough times. Um, I, could, I could really relate to. Uh, so, um, the last couple of years have been very turbulent for me, uh, and I can't say I'm totally on the other side, um, so I'm still putting in the work to get through it. 
Um, I had a 10-year marriage end, uh, which took a lot of people that I considered family. I lost my house, pets, most of my belongings. I left a job that I worked really hard to get to where I was at. And, um, you know, with so much change like that, everything uh, really got shaken up for me. And it felt like um, my entire world was uh, that and like what I relied on for stability, security, comfort, it was all just pulled out from underneath me at the same time. Um, to the point where I like, I really didn't feel like I knew who I was anymore. Um, and I've had people tell me that's a great place to be, but it doesn't feel like it all the time. Um, and when people would ask me you know, how I felt, it felt like I was jello, like this in the in-between and it was scary and you know, it's, it was uncomfortable. It's still a bit uncomfortable. Um, but early on, when all these changes started happening, I made any effort I could to connect with uh, my practice and the Sangha. Uh, I went to Shoshone for a weekend training with Satya Manabaya uh, and then did an online training with them uh, from living on the East Coast. And when everything was falling apart, it was so hard for me to show up for that training, just those classes let alone try to meditate on my own at home each day. Um, but as Satyam said, I've been doing this practice for almost 10 years now. Um, and ever since I connected to it, I, um, I've really relied on it. And it has always been there for me when I didn't know what else to do. Um, uh, at the end of last year, I decided to do some traveling because why not? Everything else was crazy. Um, and headed to India with uh, my partner. And uh, because I have this practice, and we've all been warned over and over, over the years, um, I knew I wasn't going to find the key to my happiness again, or, um, you know, something that will solve my problems by kind of go going around and traveling and seeing new things. Um, but I really had nothing to stay for anyway. So um, the traveling I got to do really did strengthen my uh, gratitude for these teachings and for Babaji, uh, but it was challenging and, and did not feel like a vacation. Um, I don't think I said it, but I went to India first and that was pretty crazy and I won't go into it, um, but um Amidst all of the uncertainty that I, I felt while out there and just unfamiliarity, I reluctantly reached out to Abaya um, and asked about coming to Konalani. And um, thankfully, she was kind of excited about it because <laughs> I hadn't seen her in a long time. Um, and here on the Big Island, there's a place called the City of Refuge. Uh, and in ancient Hawaiian times, if someone committed a crime, um, you could try to get to this point. It's, it's just a beautiful point on a beach um, and you kind of had to swim there and it, it was really hard to get to. Um, but if you made it to that point, you would be absolved of your punishment, which was typically death, depending on your crime. Um, and luckily I wasn't running away from a crime and that's kind of an extreme example, but 
Um, I knew it wasn't going to be easy coming here to the ashram, but uh, getting myself here really did feel like making it to my own place of refuge. Um, and I was right. It hasn't been easy living here. Um, it's definitely not an escape from any of uh, my problems. And most days, they're almost highlighted for me. Um, but I've been able to get some clarity and reconnect to my practice in a pretty big way. Uh, I have a reason to wake up each morning, and I'm committed to doing my practice each day, no matter what. I have to. <laughs> um, I've got a place to sleep. I've got food to eat. I have work to do each day. And I've got fun loving sangha around me. Um, when I have to face my stuff, like feeling lost, confused, disoriented, sad, overwhelmed, like none of that has, has gone away. Um, I can just kind of be in the flow of the ashram. And, um, and it's easier for me to know why I'm here and that I'm here to grow. My idea of a refuge has really deepened during my time here. And I asked Babaji how I should work while I'm here. And he said to stay centered. And I and if I feel myself kind of getting drawn out, uh, just to come back. Uh, he's also pulled me aside during Seva and told me to stop worrying and to relax. And I don't know how he knew, but it's probably obvious. Um, I've always liked Babaji's surfing references because I, I've got to surf a little bit. Um, and I found this quote where he said, it's a lot like surfing. And I think he was talking to talking about um, life. Uh, there's a wave of energy causing the transformation in your life. Your job is to keep centered and to keep your balance. That means you don't go to extremes mentally and emotionally. You don't get overly excited or overly conservative. Try to stay centered and balanced. Um, and I've had luck with that at other times in my life, but definitely uh, not so much during all of this change. Um, it's been hard for me to find that state of being centered and balanced um, because my mind really wants to just analyze and kind of stay with all this loss and feel all the emotions over and over again, um, try to figure something out. Um, but it hit me during a movie night when there was a really intense scene happening on the screen and I could feel myself like really getting drawn into the drama and getting tight and tense and like anticipating what was next. And I don't think I was alone because um, Babaji said out loud to us all, like, take a breath. <laughs> and in that moment, I, I released the grip on the scene and just felt like such a relief and a peace inside. And um, it was easy to realize the movie was separate from me and the emotions that I was feeling in that moment weren't me um, because it was a movie. Um, but it made me wonder what if surrendering my own stuff was that easy. And I, I truly want to experience my inner self as a place of refuge that's always with me and, and can't be taken away. Um, 
so I've really been trying to connect to this place inside and cultivate my inner refuge while I'm meditating, while I'm doing seva, kind of everywhere in between um, by recognizing that um, I'm feeling heavy, tight, anxious, or like having those negative thoughts and drawing my intention or my attention inside, back inside, relaxing and allowing there to be a little bit of calm. Um, in spiritual practice, Babaji says, what we are looking for when we meditate is peace of mind. Peace is the most incredibly valuable thing in the whole universe. Our minds are always active. They try to define us through our experiences. Though that may be useful to a degree, it is not the truth. The truth of who we are and what we are lies beyond the chatter and the noise of our minds. When we move beyond the chatter, we will find clarity and a real sense of being present. We will begin to have a deeper understanding of our existence. And I know that everyone goes through hard times and um, it, it looks different and takes different forms for all of us. Um, and when we find ourselves in challenging situations, the mind doesn't always make it easy for us. It, it for me, it made it even harder um, and continues to, to really make it harder for me to just get through all of this. Um, but what we're doing is learning to work with our minds so that we can get to the truth of who we are. And I'm so grateful to have an actual place of refuge to go to for uh, when I don't know where else to go. Um, and I know it's really unique to even just have a place to go to. Um, and I'm so grateful for the support that I've gotten over the years from Babaji, from Satya Manabaya, from the ashrams. Um, but especially recently with uh, what I've experienced. And it has really helped me prioritize my practice and start to feel my feet come back on the ground again. Um, and really mostly it's helped me feel this glimpse of my inner self that is beyond the chatter and beyond anything external so that I can feel that safe, secure uh, peace, and hopefully no matter what. Um, so that's kind of been my experience. And um, yeah, I'll pass it to Satyam. Thank you, RT. I'm just gonna sort of let that simmer in for a moment and everybody can just sort of breathe with it. the the concept of of refuge is actually and i um, apologize for the echo it's the nature of this room so i'm as close as i can get to the mic so hopefully it's okay but the concept of um refuge is actually uh everywhere 
in, in the yogic tradition. And I was really excited when RT brought this topic sort of to us and, and, and obviously the work that she did to bring that presentation to us because it, it, it showed me like, what, what did, where does that land for me? Where does that land for you? You know, what does this concept of refuge mean? Because uh, this, you know, from a, from the mind's perspective, you know, the concept of refuge can be misinterpreted almost like the concept of surrender. It's almost like giving up from the mind's perspective, but from, from the non-dualistic, from the heart perspective, we know better than that. We know that surrender is a conscious releasing, right, of something that's binding us. Um, and the same thing goes for this concept of refuge, you know, the idea that there would be sort of like this safe place you know i i remember visiting the place of refuge here in hawaii and being like wow i can't believe this is a real thing there was a real place almost like in a kid's game where you're like if you can get to this tree without me touching you you're safe and i'm like wow this was a real thing that people's lives counted on and i was like wow and in our tradition it's sort of like that like we have a concept of refuge, of, of surrender that we literally believe in and work with, uh, like our life depends on it. Man, it changes our life, you know? And so um, when RT brought this sort of topic, you know, to the forefront, and we've been working on it sort of together, and, and uh, it, it really landed in a place for me that made me remember, like, oh, right, like, there has to be that softness to our practice to make it work. There has to be this, this feeling that you really are going to a real place inside that if you land there, it's all good. Everything's fine again. And that this place really does exist within us. Uh, like Babaji says, like the sun shines behind clouds, even if we can't see it, even if we don't know where it's at. And I think for me, that's where this topic really sort of took shape was that the the concept in the shiva sutras that uh surrender or even just like uh, uh the, the our true nature you know what is it oh it's such ananda where is it oh it's in your heart how do you get there oh you meditate we can be told all this stuff and it doesn't really get us that much closer to it because the sutras say the path is only revealed to the revealer meaning only the individual that's walking the path can have the path revealed to them step for step. So where's the place of refuge? You know, in Hawaii, it's a literal place. It's on a map, you visit it, it's pretty cool. In us, where is the place of refuge, right? Yes, it's the heart. Yes, it's the concept of surrender. Yes, it's in the breath. Yes, it's the mantra, but it, you know, like, but how do, how do you really get there and where is it really? And that is, you know, for, for me, the, the, where the work of, of refuge is, it's learning, it's sort of the realization that how we practice defines the experience of our practice. And to uh, actually take uh, refuge in the mantra that you're repeating, take refuge in the breath that you're taking, to actually give yourself to it, to, to, to lay something down 
with your practice, to not think, oh, I repeat this many mantras and then at the end this thing happens. It's like, no, it's like it's only, the thing happens as you repeat the mantra, like in the way that you do it. Um, and so tonight in the Shoshone temple, I went there for the first 15 minutes just to be there. The first, and, they, and then I was glad I did because they actually doing the, the, the Ram chant that I was playing earlier. And I was like, oh, Ram. Ram is like refuge. Ram is like refuge embodied. Um, literally, Ram is an, you know, uh, a divine manifestation of 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 of, Krishna, of Vishnu, come down to sort of restore balance on the planet historically, and um, and he had this really calming and cooling effect. Right, that's how we always introduce the mantra. It's how it's introduced tonight at the temple. It's calming. It's cooling, just like you would imagine this place of refuge would be. Right, if you got to the place of refuge. It wouldn't be like, oh, it's like, no, this is the safe place. So what do you think that would be like? What do you think it would feel like? What do you think it would sound like? It'd probably be pretty calm. There, it's the safest place you could be in the whole world, according to this island. It would be, like, imagine what it would be like. Like, you know, and then be like that as you practice. You know, um, walk towards this place of refuge you know, by envisioning it, by feeling it, by being it, right? So I thought tonight we could spend the first maybe five to seven minutes uh, chanting the chant we were doing at the beginning, uh, Sri Ram, Jay Ram, um, as a way of just really surrendering and letting ourselves just participate in this concept of like taking refuge, um, right? And, and to really, like RT put it in her presentation, you know, she said, I truly want to experience my inner self as a place of refuge that's always with me and can't be taken away. You know, so let's practice tonight with that, with that deep wish to experience our heart as a real place of refuge that's actually inside us right now, it cannot be taken away. And it's really up to us to just simply practice in a way that naturally guides us there. So if there aren't any um, questions right out the gate, we're definitely going to have time for discussion. Um, I will get set up to play that chant. And absolutely feel free to raise your hand if there's anything you want to ask before we do that. All right, settling in to your seat, feeling comfortable. And, um, And we'll begin, we'll do this for five to seven minutes, and then I'll come in, I'll fade it out, and then we'll work with our breath for another five to seven minutes or so, and we'll see where that lands us. All right, so from your comfortable seat. And you can sing with each line of the, of the chant.
Try to hear the chant in your heart. Feel in your breathing the same devotional quality. Feel the coolness of Ram. Like a shower, just let it wash over you with each breath. There's nothing keeping you from the refuge you seek. As Babaji tells us, we're holding on to an anchor at the bottom of the ocean. And our practice is how we release that anchor. The anchor is not holding on to us. So breathe into your heart in a way that you feel would help you release that grip that we all have. Let yourself take refuge in the practice. You don't have to do it yourself. You can just release and let the rest happen.
Babaji often teaches to inhale into the heart and on the exhale, expand. Releasing is how you expand. Try to be in the place of refuge as you practice, even if you don't feel like you're there. Imagine yourself reaching the place of refuge in the heart, being there, and then continuing to practice.
I just want to finish with that line from Arati's presentation and see where it lands for you now. I truly want to experience my inner self as a place of refuge that's always with me and can't be taken away. You know, do you believe that there's a place of refuge within you? Can you feel it? Do you know it there? And can you feel in the way that you're breathing now here as we finish the meditation, the way that you're working, that you are revealing that path to yourself right now as you practice? Because it's not a physical place. It's a path, right? And so the way that you're practicing right now is the destination. So you can move your spine a little bit, roll the shoulders. We've meditated for about 20 minutes. We had about 20 minutes leading up to that of presentation. And so now the last 20 minutes can be time for reflection and discussion. As you know, that you're going to start with a little bit of free writing. Now you're like, oh, I'm in a meditative space. Uh, I don't want to write. That's fine. Totally. But allow yourself to, to stay in that space and, and just maybe a couple words, maybe a poem, maybe a word that encapsulates your experience, a haiku. Let it be something that you want to do, but just let the internal and external worlds mix a little for a couple minutes, let's do two or three minutes.
right, wrapping up your thoughts. Underlining a key word that seems to maybe encapsulate what you're experiencing. And maybe we can drop that in the chat box. It doesn't take too long. So, RT, it's fun. We can read them back and forth. Ready? You can unmute. Um, here we go. Tears of release and happiness. The teacher, teachings, and sangha. Empty. Divine hug. The space in my heart is free from physical and emotional clutter. The refuge of a peaceful mind. I am the way. Okay. All right. So anyone want to elaborate on their keyword or simply share what they're wanting to share? At about 15 minutes. Anandama. Hi. So I don't know if you guys know, but in November, I had a really severe fracture. I broke three bones in my ankle. I uh, immediately went into gratitude because I didn't break my other ankle. And it was a pretty difficult time. And during that time, I found I took refuge in my practice. So I thought of it like, we've had a lot of hail here in Colorado or right where I live. So like you would take refuge from a storm. The storm were my thoughts or like, it was very clear what I was attached to because I, I literally couldn't do anything except sit <laughs> for the first week because I didn't have surgery for a week. And I just thought I have my practice. And I thought those words, I'm taking refuge here from, the storm of the physical pain of the emotions. And I was so grateful, so grateful that I had this practice and, and the Sangha and the teachings. So I just, I just wanted to share that. And thank you for everybody that did Medicine Buddha for me. I'm still going to PT for it. So after all this time, anyways. Thank you. That's always so real. Um, thank you for sharing that, you know, the, 
when we can go through something and, and prove to ourselves that, I don't know, I mean, that you, you basically created a reservoir and then it was there for you. You know, it would have been hard to start a practice that week, <laughs> but because you have, you know, isn't that the thing? It's like, yeah, it's, and that's exactly sort of what it's, um, you know, I saw in here, and you mentioned it, like the idea of Sangha, and that's what Babaji, and I think, I feel like Rudy had some quotes specifically about it too, where when we practice together, or like our practice, our Sangha is, creates a reservoir, a pool of energy that's much bigger than anything we could create individually, so that we can go to it and scoop, you know, take out what we need when we need a little extra. And he always talks about like, you know, you should always feel like you're pouring into it if you have those resources, and then it'll be there for you, like it was for you. And then one last thing about that is, because you poured into the reservoir, it was like, it, it was just sort of like, there and ready, and there was a path for it. And, and it felt right, you know, and so yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's just one of those times when you, you never want it to be proven to yourself like that, but you always have that now all right so you always have that anyone else want to share refuge some powerful um key words over there so don't be shy hi dan um yeah, what came to me first of all was the idea of the refuge of your peaceful mind being the ultimate form of self-care and um, just kind of the best, the pinnacle of how you can be with yourself at even trying moments as you had just talked about, Ananma, but in whatever situation that happens, that's going to be there for you. And uh, yeah. And just sort of sitting with that, that when you sort of put those two concepts of self-care and refuge together, sort of I can really just sort of letting that simmer. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's really self-care uh, from like a vertical, you know, it's like normally self-care, it's like we're these horizontal aspects of ourselves we have to repair and that's true and it's real. But there's this vertical aspect of of this practice that that sort of like connects us into I don't mean it's almost like I, I don't know if I'm going to be if I get this right it's almost like it feels like a stem cell level I'm looking at Jatila to see if that was funny or right or wrong but it feels like it's like it's just this you get this that that can be used in so many different ways you get this energy you know that can just go where it needs to go you know it's a great way to put it self-care and RT, if you ever want to chime in being that this is a topic that's meaningful for you please by all means do that but i'll i'll leave it i'll wait for your you to do something i'll just put you on the spot all right all right yogita Well, I had an experience um, this weekend uh, when I was sitting with Nityananda. I um, I felt that 
for a few moments, I, I didn't feel my body. And when I came to, I felt that Nichananda had put something in my heart. And it was like, it was like the space that I could always go to. And so I wrote about that. I feel a space in my heart that is free from both physical and emotional clutter. All I have to do is put my attention on it and it's there. I can go there anytime I need to or want to. My goal is to learn how to stay there, even when my house is in a clutter. <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing, Yogita. Just sounds like a really special moment that like really not only happened, but then you're sort of aware of it and you can, and it sounds like you're relating to it, sort of how Babaji always recommends that we relate to those experiences where you just try to absorb them and work directly with them and not understand them. It sounds like you're sort of just going right into the experience and really absorbing it and working with it. Yeah, that's where this topic landed for me too. It was this idea of like, gosh, I know it's there. I know, I mean, we, I just believe it's there, you know, and how do we get there? And how, how, what, does knowing it's there, you know, how do I work with that? How do I use that? I found that to be very inspiring as a question. Yeah, all right, secret. Um, I think like what everyone has said, it's almost like what you said about the path there is there. <laughs> like it is that place. It's like um, the self-care is getting there or, you know, um, or just like Yogita said, you just like turn in and it's right there. It's not like, it's not so far. Um, it's kind of like when Babaji says like, the state you're looking for is just closer than you think or like one breath away. Um, and I like um, what Anandama said too about, I, I also was thinking about like riding out a storm I don't like as we're learning to stay here longer in this place it's like at least we've got it to ride out some of the storms that are happening thanks RT it's nice sort of recap quite multiple answers in one thank you that was awesome. Anyone else? Refuge. Anybody know what the word for refuge is in Sanskrit? You know it. You've said it so many times. You're going to be like, oh, man, that's it. You have sang this word so many times. Do you know it? Kirtana knows it. I don't. Oh. I don't. <laughs> Shanti? She said that's, Shanti. That's close. It's actually, weirdly, it starts with S-H, but it's uh, that's peace. Yeah, you know, um, it's at the beginning of our lineage chant. We actually take refuge in each of the teachers. So what is that? Uh-huh, I saw Jatila. Jatila is so humble, he says it silently. Go ahead, what? Uh, Sharanam. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I love how he leaned in for that answer. That was great. 
um, Sharanam. Uh, yeah, Nityananda Sharanam. We take refuge in Nityananda, Nityananda Ganesha Sharanam. I take refuge in, I take refuge, I take, you know. So yeah, Sharanam. So we sing that one a lot. It's actually, you're like, oh, it actually is a lot. It's, a, it's the beginning of our, our of every chant we do, of every kirtan, right? Were you wanting to unmute earlier, Jatila, I think? Yeah, I I thought of the teacher and the teachings and the sangha. Um, I'm so glad that this was a point or a topic that RT that you brought up for tonight. Um, especially after the intensive where things seem to be like a little more, more turbulent even before the intensive. It's like the doors are open now and so you can have a choice where to go um, with your energy and um, any of the teachers any of the teachings or even the sangha because you know the sangha has it's felt like a holiday the sangha is around so much right now even after the intensive but anytime you think of any one of those three jewels it instantly just you rise up like I really connect in with your anchor analogy Sachem, like more than ever um you just rise up like there's nothing about any of those three things that makes you sink it all brings in that buoyancy so um with turbulent times after intensive and you know you could just i mean just choose the drama you want to go into or get sucked into it's any of those three things just can bring you to that place it's, Really good reminder. I see you nodding, RT. Let me know if you want to jump in there. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, thank you, Jatila. You encapsulated that beautifully. I t you're absolutely, I mean, the way you said, just even visualizing any one of those three does nothing but take you up. And, um, you're right. It has been pretty, pretty hot after the intensive. I found myself, you know, being, uh, you know, with all this, uh, we're traveling and stuff. And, you know, he's, you know, you're like, ah, oh, gosh, I'm doing my best to stay healthy. And I was so nervous about like, you know, getting sick and, you know, I, what would, what would we do? What would happen? Like all this, there's so many things riding on this. And I was like preparing for this and I realized like all I can do in this moment you know, when you're like worried about something, like for example, that I was like, I don't know, my, my stomach doesn't feel good and this and that. And I was like, well, I'm just gonna like, I can't fix any of this. I don't, I can't not get sick. I can do my best, but I can't, I don't really know. And just find myself just like releasing and letting go in order to be a, in order to not be sunk by it. Like I could feel like, okay, I can either, I can either be sunk right now or I can let go. And like taking refuge, like actually was a way that I was like letting go. Like I was like, oh, this is how I let go. I actually have to just like take refuge. Cause when I think of taking refuge, I almost feel like hugging. It's like taking refuge is like, you're like if you're in a dream, like Baba talks about whenever he dreams about Rudy, he always runs up to him and gives him this huge hug, like almost like don't leave kind of, I don't, he doesn't say that part, but it's a feeling like, 
ah, you know, like you're grabbing on, but it's funny because what you're grabbing on to is something that actually takes you up, you know? So it's funny that like the concept of taking refuge feels like holding on, but what you're holding on to is actually like your heart. And that actually is helping you let go of the anchor. So it was like this really like backwards moment, but it was only backwards to my mind. It was very intuitive to the practice. It was, it was just like, oh, well, obviously this is how it works. But it was sort of like contradictory to my mind. But like, luckily the, the practice and the topic happened. Any closing remarks, RT? Any closing statement? Oh, we have a closing remark from Colin. Colin with three doors behind him. <laughs> um, um, just a, three doors on one wall. Go ahead. Uh, I'm kidding. Got a I'm bathroom kidding. closet and uh, the living room. <laughs> uh, I actually just have a question, if that's okay. Would you mind saying that quote earlier? Um, I'm not even going to try and say it because it confused me that the path one like walking the path is the path or something like that oh it's not a quote if i say it um okay. i think that was just something i was saying um basically like a quote. the way oh oh you mean the shiva sutras one maybe the path is only revealed to the revealer yes, that one that one yeah that's it it's the sutra says the path is only revealed to the revealers which which is interesting i'm like wait who's but it, but the way it explains it is the path is only revealed to you as you practice. Like it's almost it's it's that whole Indiana Jones stepping onto the invisible bridge moment where you just you know Babaji says it all the time. You take this step into the abyss, and instead of going down, you go up. You know, it's like it's only revealed in the moment you take the step. Mm. Like you can sit there and look off the abyss and be like, there is no path here and someone can say yeah it's right there and you can't see it and you can't even see it when you're doing it but it's like you take the step and then you go like, oh there's a step right here and that's it and it's like that's literally each step is revealed to the revealer the person who is seeking revelation yeah i just wanted to um to hear that again because i feel like it really nailed my sort of recent experience i guess um in regard to refuge i suppose but also i would say um surrender to reach a place of refuge um i feel like i when i would sit or just try to let's say i'm in the car or something and i'm just trying to breathe into my heart um there was a lot of resistance to surrender um and kind of just like tension or some sort of like like a tight grip almost and um I don't know, like, it's almost like there was just a little bit of space somehow. And I don't know if it was something I did or some sort of grace, but then it was like that revealed the next step of like, oh, okay, this is what it feels like to let go or like to expand outward, like you said. And then it just like, just like, I don't know. I feel like it's been kind of going and going and I've been more able to find that place of refuge. Um, almost like those, the steps have been revealed to me, like of, oh, hey, like you're, you're holding on, just let go. I, I um, saw something recently, which is kind of unrelated, but I, I feel like it might fit. Um, it was a guy talking about letting go actually, but in a different context, not necessarily a meditative context. 
Um, and he was describing someone hanging from a cliff and they're super afraid to let go because they think they're gonna fall. But in reality, they're gonna go up, but they don't know that. So they're hanging to the cliff for dear life and the anchor, I had never heard the Baba anchor thing before, but it made me think of that same sort of feeling. Like we have this idea that like we're being bound, but we're the ones binding. Um, and so I feel like that is just kind of, I don't know, I'm rambling, but. That's perfect. Yeah, I love the fact that you had the experience of having to take one step to know what the next step was. Like that's huge. That's huge. It's almost like that like Anandama's experience where it's like, you just can't tell that to somebody. You have to do that thing, have that experience, and then you have it. And then that's, that's really what fuels you taking that step that you're like, I don't see how I can possibly get over this with a breath. And you're like, well, I didn't see how I could possibly get over the breath that one time. And I took one and it led me to another one. And yeah, those are huge. Those are the sort of the landmarks that, you know, fuel us. Thanks, Colin. And thanks, RT. Obviously, you really found uh, something shared very deeply from an experience. You know, this, this was an experience in the making for a long time. So thank you so much for putting it together for us. I, I mean, I just to end it, I, I just feel gratitude, like from what Jatila said, the teacher, the teachings and the Sangha, it's like just having one of those would be like helpful and we have all of them. <laughs> and so I just feel a lot of gratitude for, for that. Thank you all.